Ahihiroth, between Magdal and the sea, opposite Baal Zephon. You shall camp before it by the sea. For Pharaoh will say of the children of Israel, they are bewildered by the land. The wilderness has closed them in. Then I will harden Pharaoh's heart so that he will pursue them. And I will gain honor over Pharaoh and over all his army that the Egyptians may know that I am the Lord. And they did so. Now it was told the king of Egypt that the people had fled. The heart of Pharaoh and his servants was turned against the people, and they said, Why have we done this, that we have let Israel go from serving us? So he made ready his chariot and took his people with him. Also he took 600 choice chariots and all the chariots of Egypt with captains over every one of them. And the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. And he pursued the children of Israel. And the children of Israel went out with boldness. So the Egyptians pursued them, all the horses and chariots of Pharaoh, his horsemen and his army, and overtook them camping by the sea beside Pihaharoth before Baal-Saphon. And when Pharaoh drew near, the children of Israel lifted their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them. So they were very afraid. And the children of Israel cried unto the Lord, Then they said to Moses, because there were no graves in Egypt, have you taken us away to die in the wilderness? Why have you so dealt with us to bring us up out of Egypt? Is this not the word that we told you in Egypt saying, let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians? For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. And Moses said to the people, Do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall see no more forever. The Lord will fight for you, and you shall hold your peace. And the Lord said to Moses, why do you cry to me? Tell the children of Israel to go forward. (laughs) Tell the children of Israel to go forward. I want to speak on this subject this morning. God's got this. God's got this. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the privilege that we have to come and worship you and the, the songs that we've sung about you and how you save and how you are our hope in life and death that you are all in all, and we've come to worship you today. God, I pray that you would help us now as we look to your word, and I pray that you would strengthen us, encourage us from it this morning. God, I I know that I'm nothing without you, and I pray that you would help me now. Cleanse me of sin, empty me of self, and fill me with your spirit. Help me to be a blessing this morning. It's in Jesus' name I pray, amen. Um, I grew up in Georgia, as many of you know, and one day, I think at this time, me and my brothers was in college, and my younger brother was in high school, and uh, we had decided for some reason, some crazy reason, to go to Walmart that day, right? That's a pretty crazy thing to do. And so we went to Walmart. I don't know exactly why we went that day, but we went. 
And we were leaving Walmart. It was just me and my brothers. We were driving out of the parking lot. We got to the red light to leave and go home. And to turn left would take us home. To turn right would be the opposite direction of home. My brother was driving that day, and I was sitting in the passenger seat, and my other brother was in the back seat. And my brother, for some reason, turned right instead of left. We were going home. We thought, well, this is odd. What are we doing, right? So immediately, my brother turned right and began to go the opposite direction of home. So me and my other brother began to think, like, what, what's going on here? What, what are we doing? And uh, eventually, as we continued to drive, I spoke up. I said, what are we doing? Where are we going? And uh, he just kind of got a little upset with me. He said, don't worry about it. Okay. All right. So we continued to drive. We kept driving, and we were really starting to get farther and farther away from home. And I eventually said something again, like, what are we doing? Where are we going? Don't worry about it. Okay. Whatever. So we keep driving, and I, 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 this is a true story, I promise you. I'm not preaching yet, and no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> this is a true story. We, we kept driving, and we were probably 40 minutes away from home at this point, just going the opposite direction. And I'm like, what are we doing? And my brother was just getting angry at me. I mean, he literally just like, hush, stop talking. Okay, I'll stop talking. So I stopped talking. I mean, finally, we're 45 minutes away. He pulls onto this side of this road and begins to, like, speed up because he's getting mad. And I'm like, oh, boy, we're, we're about to die, right? This is crazy. And so he's driving. We're driving down this road. And, of course, I see the sign, dead end, right? So he's driving. He speeds up. And he finally, finally he realizes this road's about to end. And he slams on the brakes, stops at the dead end. And we're all just like, what is going on? It was crazy. And still to this day, I, I do not know what happened or why this took place. But we got to this dead end road, right? The Egyptians, or the children of Israel, rather, find themselves at a dead end road. Nowhere to go. You know, it's, it's crazy when you think about this story and why God would allow this to happen. And we're going to look at some of the aspects of this story. But I want to give us this morning four reminders when we just can't with life. When you're really just not what, sure what to do. When you find yourself in a situation where you don't know what to do. Number one, let's look at this, if you would. The first thing I want to point out is hopeless to you is not hopeless to God. Hopeless to you is not hopeless to God. Look at verse 1. As we read a moment ago, the Lord spoke to Moses saying, Speak to the children of Israel that they turn and camp before Pi-Hahiroth between Magdal and the sea opposite Belzephon, and you shall camp before it by the sea. For Pharaoh will say of the children of Israel, they are bewildered by the land. The wilderness has closed them in. So God sends the children of Israel to a dead end. 
a place where they have nothing they can do, right? They've got the mountains on this side. They've got the Red Sea on this side. They've got the wilderness closing them in. There is nowhere that they can go. God tells Moses to get, to get the children of Israel into a situation where they have no way out. Crazy. A situation that only God could get them out of. So God could be made known. Has God ever placed you in a situation where it didn't make sense? <laughs> Many of you probably could raise your hand or raise both hands this morning. Has God ever placed you in a situation where it just doesn't make sense? Where you didn't understand? I remember my, my junior year of college, I, uh, found, I got this opportunity, and I, I thought it was a great opportunity. Looking back, I probably would have declined it, but they, they gave me this opportunity that I was going to be a dorm supervisor. And I was like, this is great, right? This is going to be awesome. They're going to just love me, right? No. <laughs> so the first year that I was a dorm supervisor, I find out who's going to be in my room, and I look at the list, and I'm like, you have got to be kidding me. You've got to be kidding me. Of all the rooms on this campus, you put that guy in my room. I mean, if you were to pick the guy who was the most rebellious, who didn't care about the rules, didn't care about anything, really didn't even want to be there, but he was there because he could play basketball, that was literally the only reason he was there. He was in my room. Why me, right? Why did you pick me, God? Why? Of all the places. You ever been there before? Why, God? Why me? Maybe it's financial. Maybe it's your marriage. Maybe it's your kids. Maybe it's your health or even a difficult circumstances. Maybe you've given up hope. Maybe you've given up hope. I want to look real quickly at a few things of what happens when we give up hope. What happens when we give up hope? We stop trying, number one. We stop trying. If you look in verse 11, and, and we won't take the time right now because we'll look at it in a moment, but they begin to just, hopelessness sets in. Hopelessness convinces us that our heart's desires are unattainable, so we stop reaching for them. That's what hopelessness does. So we just stop trying because there's no hope. There's no way this is going to work out. There's no way God's going to do something in my life. There's no way God's going to allow something to work out in my situation. It's just hopeless. Number two, we begin to make wrong choices. When our true hopes are crushed, we start hoping for lesser things. If you look at the, the story, and we'll look at it again in just a moment, a little more in detail, but they begin to say, well, why don't, we, why don't we just go back to Egypt and serve the Egyptians instead of just following God? I mean, you just see the hopelessness that they have? And then number three, we, we become weak. We become weak. Hopelessness is a source of energy-draining energy emotion, like sadness, bitterness, and anger. Look, can I, can I just encourage us as a church this morning, don't give up hope. Don't give up hope. Lamentations 3.24 says, the Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I hope in him. I hope in him. Psalm 39.7, and now, Lord, what do I wait for? My hope is in you. 
My hope is in you. So number one, we see that hopeless to you is not hopeless to God. Hopeless to you is not hopeless to God. Number two, I want want us to see that difficulties require faith, not fear. Difficulties require faith, not fear. I want you to look at verse number 10. As I said, we'd look at this a little bit further. It says, And when Pharaoh drew near, the children of Israel lifted their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them. So they were very afraid, and the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. And then they said to Moses, Because there were no graves in Egypt, have you taken us away to die in the wilderness? You see the fear? Do you see the fear? What have you done to us, Moses? Why did you bring us here? We have, we have nothing we can do now. Look what you've done. We told you we, we could just stay there and serve the Egyptians the rest of our lives, and we would be okay. We'd be okay. Why did you bring us here? This is uncomfortable. This is scary. And difficulties require faith, not fear. You know, coming here to Florida, most of you that have lived here most of your life, you'd understand that sometimes the storms that come through here are pretty scary, right? And um, I grew up in Georgia where there's really more tornadoes than hurricanes. And and, uh, growing up in a single wide trailer, that's not the place you want to be in when a a tornado comes through. It's uh, definitely not. So there were times where... When we would hear the sirens going off for the tornadoes, we would, my parents would wake us up and we'd go over to a friend's house and we'd get in their basement and wait for the storm to pass. And those were, those were scary times. I mean, you're, you, you, don't, you don't know what could happen. I mean, there's, you have no control over that. And storms can be scary. And so God finally allows the children of Israel to get out of Egypt, out of slavery, And now they're ready to give up. Now they're ready to give up. But before you judge the children of Israel, I just want to let you know, that is pretty scary of what they're facing right now. They have nowhere to go. They're trapped in. There's nothing they can do, and now the Egyptians are coming after them. Think about the situation that they're in. They're afraid. You ever been there before? Afraid? Not sure how it's all going to work out? (laughs) Just really struggling to have the faith that you need? No, I have. No, I have. If we be honest this morning, we've all been in moments like that where we just, God, what are you doing? Why did you bring us to this situation? Why did you allow this to happen? Why? We begin to get afraid of what could happen. A mother and her four-year-old daughter were preparing to retire for the night, and the child was afraid of the dark, and the mother on the, this occasion, alone with the child, felt fearful also. When the light was out, the child caught a glimpse of the moon outside the window. Mother, she asked, is the moon God's light Yes, said the mother. 
The next question was, will God put out his light and go to sleep? And the mother replied, no, my child. God never goes to sleep. Then out of the simplicity of a child's faith, she said that which gave reassurance to the fearful mother. Well, as long as God is awake, there's no sense in both of us staying awake. Joshua 1.9. Have not I commanded you, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So many times God gets them through something and leads them to the next thing and then they fear. I mean, God gets them out of Egypt and now they're in this next situation. It's like, whoa, I'm not sure God can do this. <laughs> I'm not sure God can handle this, right? So crazy that they would even think that. So crazy that we would even think that. God just got us out of this storm and now we think he can't deliver us from the next. We have no reason to fear. We have no reason to fear when God is on our side. When God is on our side. I was looking at a few fears that people have and really, if you look online, fears are endless. People have fears of all kinds of crazy things. Um, just a few of them. Misophobia is the fear of dirt. Um, Aphidiophobia is the fear of snakes. I would be in that category, right? Nyclophobia is the fear of darkness. Acrophobia is the fear of high places. Taxophobia is the fear of being buried alive. And I don't know who doesn't have that fear, right? <laughs> Claustrophobia, the fear of confined places. I don't know how to say this one, but... Triskaidekaphobia is the fear of the number 13. Somebody has that fear, right? They're scared of it. But here, listen to this. When we choose fear, here's, here's really what we're saying. God, I'm not sure you got this. I'm not sure you've got this. When we choose faith, we're saying, God, I know you got this. I know you got this. Look how Moses responds. I want you to see the contrast here. Look how Moses responds. Look at verse 13. Verse number 13. And Moses said to the people, Do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall see again no more forever. The Lord will fight for you, and you shall hold your peace. Faith. Faith. I love that verse. Number 14. The Lord will fight for you. You aren't going to handle this. You aren't going to get out of this situation on your own, but the Lord will fight for you. The Lord will fight for you. How many times in the Bible does God say, do not be afraid? Do not be afraid. It's all throughout the Bible. 
I would encourage you, if, if you are in the habit of underlining things in your Bible, anytime you see, do not be afraid to underline it. It's amazing that God is always telling people not to be afraid. Well, why would he do that? Why would God tell people to not be afraid? Well, maybe because they're afraid, right? Because they're afraid. And if you look, I mean, all throughout the Bible, and I could give you a ton of examples, but Abraham, Moses, Joshua, Elijah, Mary, Joseph, many of the people that Jesus healed throughout the New Testament, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Why? Because it may seem like things are out of control, but they are under his control. And oftentimes when Jesus or God says, do not be afraid, the situation that they're in is impossible for them to get themselves out of. It's impossible. I mean, just one example for a moment. You think, let's go back to the Christmas story from last month and what we're talking about with Mary. The angel comes to Mary and says, don't be afraid. <laughs> Wait a second. What are we not being afraid about? Right? The, the creator of the universe is going to be born in you. And I know you're not like with Joseph yet, but you're going to have this baby and, and you're going to be a virgin and, and, and you're going to raise the, the God of the universe. But hey, don't be afraid. Right? You see what I'm saying here? I mean, this is crazy that God will tell people, hey, don't be afraid. I mean, look at the children of Israel situation. Yes, well, of course they would be afraid. There's no way out. There's nothing they can do. And he says, Moses stands up and says, hey, don't be afraid. The Lord's going to fight for us. The Lord's going to fight for us. 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. So number two, difficulties require faith, not fear. Difficulties require faith, not fear. Number three, when God says, go forward, go forward. When God says, go forward, go forward. Now, it's almost like God says, I've got this. I've got this. Look at, look at verse 15. And the Lord said to Moses, why do you cry to me? Tell the children of Israel to go forward. Now hold on a second. Where are they going forward? <laughs> Where are they going to go? There's nowhere to go forward. What do you want me to do? Right? Well, God tells him. You know that, that rod that you have in your hand? I want you to use that. And God uses this simple thing and, and does the impossible. You know the story. Parts the Red Sea and they walk across on dry land. But when God says go forward, there was nowhere to go forward. God is saying go forward by faith. Go forward by faith. 
If you go back to Exodus chapter 4, you'll see that Moses is asking the Lord what's he supposed to do before leading the children of Israel out of Egypt. And in Exodus chapter 4 and verse 2, so the Lord said to him, what is in your hand? He said, a rod. And he said, cast it on the ground. So he cast it on the ground and it became a serpent and Moses fled from it. So God says, what's in your hand? What do you have? What's in your hand? Samson used the donkey's jawbone, and God did the rest. David used the sling, and God did the rest. The little boy gave his lunch, and God did the rest. You see, it's not about us. It's not about what we can offer. It's all about him. And how often do we try and fix everything in our lives instead of just going to God and asking for his help? You'll say, that that sounds nice, but my situation is different. (laughs) You see, my situation just doesn't make sense. And you think the children of Israel's situation made sense? Going forward was the last thing the children of Israel would have thought to do. But that's what God said to do. And God wants to show his power in your life. But you have to go forward by faith. You have to go forward by faith. Can I ask this question this morning? What is it that God is asking you to do by faith? What is it that God is asking you to do by faith? Maybe it seems impossible. Maybe it seems like there's no way that this could happen. You see, something that I think of often is that we put our faith in Christ for our eternal hope of salvation, but we can't trust him for what is going to happen this week. That's me included. We put our faith in Jesus Christ that one day I'm going to spend eternal, e- eternity with God in heaven. I put my faith in that. But for some reason, I can't trust that he's going to provide for me this week. That he's going to meet my needs this week. What is God asking you to do by faith? Maybe he's asking you to just start praying. By faith. For something you're burdened about. Maybe it's by faith just forgiving someone that hurt you. Maybe it's giving even if it doesn't make sense. Maybe it's sharing your faith, even when you don't know how they'll respond. Something that seems impossible. (laughs) But you'll do it by faith. Believing that God can. Believing that God can. When we moved here about two years ago, We didn't really know what to expect. We were leaving a a church that I grew up in as a youth pastor and assistant pastor. and It was hard to leave people that we loved, that we cared about. But I called Pastor Sam's a few years ago and, and talked to him and 
said, look, this, this is what God wants us to do, but I don't really know how it's all going to work out. I don't even know what to expect in this whole thing. But I do know this. that If this, what, if this is what God wants us to do, then he's going to take care of us. If I do this by faith, then God's going to provide. God's going to take care of us. And look, I'll be honest with you. That's not always easy. It's not always easy. But God can do far greater things with our lives than we can. And if we just trust him, Say, God, I don't, I don't get this. I don't understand what you're doing. But if this is what you want, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to step out by faith. I'm going to step out by faith. And I don't know what it is for you that God's asking you to do. Just step out by faith. Just step out by faith. God will take care of you. He will fight for you. He's on your side. Do not fear. Hold fast. And see the salvation of the Lord. This is what Moses is trying to encourage us. Hey, don't have fear. Have faith. Believe that God can do what he said he's going to do. God can do it. God's got this. Number three, we said... When God says, go forward, go forward. And number four, and we'll close, there's no regret in obedience. There's no regret in obedience. Look at verse 31. I want you to see this. Thus Israel saw the great work which the Lord had done in Egypt. And so the people feared the Lord and believed the Lord and his servant Moses. Wow. Look what God did. Just earlier in the passage, we're seeing, why don't we just go back to Egypt and serve the Egyptians? And now they said, wow. Did you guys see what God just did? Did you see what God just did? Imagine if we would, if we hadn't glad we did. I'm glad we obeyed. I'm glad we just followed what God asked us to do. It's crazy. The cycle that the children of Israel will go through. It gets them out of Egypt and they get to the next step and then they give up. Like they just saw God do great miracles and get them to the next point. And then it's almost like they quit. But then we see that they praise him. They feared the Lord and believed the Lord. They went forward by faith. Can I say this this morning? If you allow God to show his power in your life, you will have no regrets. Let me say it one more time. If you allow God 
to show his power in your life, you will have no regrets. We'll never regret going forward by faith. We'll never regret obeying what God has asked us to do. In the late 1800s, William Borden was a wealthy Christian growing up in Chicago. And as an heir of the Borden milk fortune, when he was in the first year at Yale University, he committed himself to reaching the Muslims of North India. He knew that money didn't mean security, so before he left, the, uh, left he gave away his inheritance of nearly $1 million to various missions. He was, in India, he was in India for four months when he contracted spinal meningitis and was dead within weeks. He scrawled on a piece of paper under his pillow the words, no reserve, no retreat, no regrets. No reserve, no retreat, no regrets. I have no regrets in my life when I allow him to do what he wants. Remember what Paul wrote in 2 Timothy Chapter 4 and verse 7, Paul said, I fought a good fight. I finished my course. I kept the faith. Why should we go forward? Why should we not give up hope? Well, this passage has been a passage that God has used in my life. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 52, I'll read the verses. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible. And we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall put on incorruption and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. It's not in vain. This song, newer song, many of you probably are familiar with it, it's entitled Promises by Maverick City Music. The end of the song goes something like this. I put my faith in Jesus, my anchor to the ground, my hope and firm foundation. He'll never let me down. Great is your faithfulness to me. Great is your faithfulness to me. From the rising sun to the setting same, I will praise your name. In every season, great is your faithfulness to me. My brother, as he got to that dead end road, he hopped out of the car and said, fine, you drive. It wasn't until he gave up trying to do it in his own strength that we got home. And I just remind you this morning, God's got this.
I don't know what it is for you, but God's got this. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Thank you so much for listening so well. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you how it encourages our hearts, strengthens us, that we can be reminded in, in situations that seem impossible, seem like there's no way out, that you're, you're still in control, and that we can trust you. We can trust you. God, I pray that you would help us at River City Baptist Church, that we would, we would believe you by faith, that we would trust you by faith and live our lives by proving that, that we trust you, that we know that you got this. God, thank you so much for the reminder this morning. Help us to be encouraged by this thought. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's all stand and sing.